0: Welcome to the Frederick Democrats podcast, the official podcast of the Frederick County Democratic State Central Committee. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and today with me is Alderwoman Donna Kuzemchek, who is running for re-election in this year's city elections. And so you know, the primary election date is scheduled for Tuesday, September 12th. The polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. There will be early voting on Friday, August 25th, and Saturday, August 26th. The general election will be on Tuesday, November 7th. Uh, The polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. And early voting in the general election will be on Friday, October 27th, and Saturday, October 28th. For more information about the city elections, you can go to www.cityoffrederick.com slash 150 slash elections. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest today, Donna Kuzemchek. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to do this podcast. Appreciate it.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So uh, you are currently uh, an elected alderman in the city of Frederick, but you know a lot of people have moved into the city since then, and there was only a 23 percent voter turnout in the previous election. And hopefully, with the way things have been going in in the country recently, we, we there's an energized uh, Democratic base uh, that that's going to go out and vote this time. So. How about we start with you saying a little bit about yourself, uh, just who you are, a little bit of, you know, maybe some of your hobbies and that kind of stuff. Uh, And then uh, the the next question will be, why do you identify as a Democrat?
1: So um, about me, I am one of eight children. I grew up in a very large family that uh, didn't make a lot of, my father didn't make a lot of money. My mother stayed home with us. It was a great childhood though. I I had a wonderful, wonderful childhood. When I became, um, in high, when I got into high school, I went to a program called Upward Bound and it opened my world to something completely different. I learned that it was indeed possible for me to go to college and for me to expand my life in ways that I didn't realize. I went to college, when I graduated, I actually almost immediately got married and had children I spent years at home taking care of my children and it was a wonderful life again. I really, really had a great, great life with my children being little. When my son, my oldest son was 11, actually on his 11th birthday, my husband passed away. And I was involved in the local and county PTAs at that time um, and that group really rallied around me. I had already been going to a lot of county meetings and getting involved in county issues. When my husband passed away I realized that then that fall my son would have to cross East Street to walk to his new middle school and that was not okay with me. So I started going to city meetings and trying to get a crossing guard at that Light, well, what's there now is a light, but back then nothing was there. And I got really involved in city issues, got involved in growth issues. I was involved in safety issues with kids. And that's how I got involved in politics. And that's what I'm interested in, um, safety of our kids, safety of everybody in the city. So um, I've learned a lot over the years, and I really enjoy my job.
0: And, and I think, you know, the, the discussion there on your, on your son and having to cross the street is an excellent example of how it, it's really local government that's the one that you're going to have the most direct contact with. You know, my earlier comment about, you know, what was happening after the November elections and everything, everybody's focused on, on the federal stuff, but it really is the, these local issues that uh, are where you have that most direct contact with government and where you as an individual, whether you're an elected official or not, uh, can have the most uh, impact on your daily life. So my next question though, of course, is why do you identify as a Democrat?
1: That That's the easiest question for me. I identify as a Democrat because I fervently believe in equality and public education. And those are issues that the Democratic Party has fought for all my life. And those are the issues that matter to me. So being a Democrat, that that was never a question in my mind.
0: And And I think one of the issues then when we talk about equality— is the issue of affordability and livability uh, here in Frederick. And, you know, we've seen a rebound in housing prices and so forth since the Great Recession. But a lot of people, and I don't think when we talk about uh, housing affordability, it's not necessarily a, a poverty issue. I mean, it's that too. But we have seniors that are having a hard time uh, making sure that they can afford to stay in their homes. We have young professionals that want to come to Frederick and stay here uh, These are these are educated people that, that are hard-working and dedicated, but uh, they find it sometimes difficult to, to stay here uh, so could you talk a bit on affordability uh, uh, and livability of Frederick
1: you bet Um First of all, I'd like to add another group to that list, and and that is middle-income families. It is very, very difficult for middle-income families to live in Frederick. Frederick's um, taxes add about anywhere from $300 to $500 a month to the price of a home. That is massive. Um, you can live directly outside the city for less, but even in the county, the taxes are, are pretty high. So I think that what we need to do is find a way through not just the city government, but the county, the state, the federal government. We need to understand that affordable living is important to everybody. And to make living affordable, we have to make um, a decision to grow in certain areas in my mind and i think what makes the most sense of course is to grow in areas that already have the infrastructure the problem with that is then the people who live in that area for instance the municipality of the city of frederick are the ones who are paying higher taxes and of course that makes it less affordable so that's why this is a county state and federal government issue because you pay taxes at all of those levels And the fact is, it saves everybody money. Smart growth saves everybody money. Living, building within municipalities where you already have infrastructure, roads, uh, water connections, lights, etc. Sidewalks, all of that saves everybody money because you're not having to build a road to nowhere where all of a sudden this development pops up. I think that we need to pay close attention to this at all levels and we need to fight not just city-wise but county state and federal-wise saying hey it's time for us to do what is smart and what is right and build within the the areas that already have growth so uh, you know for me that's a huge issue livability and affordability is a huge issue and i think that working together we can help take care of that
0: And so one of those areas in growth, I I suppose, is the Hargett Farm property, which, of course, the city uh, took over several years ago. And I understand that this is a very important project for you. Uh, So what do you see as the the future of Hargett Farm and what, what should happen with that property?
1: Yeah, I consider Hargett Farm one of my babies, although they now call it the West Side Regional Park. I still call it the Hargett Farm. Um, The city purchased that land for $18 million, and that sounds like a lot of money. But when you consider the amount of money that's been put into the Carroll Creek expansion and the Carroll Creek upgrades, which is over $100 million, um, it's really not that much money. If we uh, provide a class A park in that area, what will happen is people will start coming there. You'll have tournaments there. Uh, People from the city will be able to use that for uh, their 5K races or even 10K races. You know, for for long races, they'll be able to use it for biking races. It will be able to be used for uh, soccer lacrosse and anything that you need a multi-purpose field to use for and then there will have this uh, they call it the I'm gonna get the naming of it wrong but I, I think of it as kind of like a mini fairgrounds where you can do concerts and events like that the difference that that's going to make on the west side of town is massive those property values will absolutely raise because of that property so you're providing something that is really needed within the city, and you're also helping people grow their property values. My concern, of course, is that people who live there now, um, I don't want to outprice people who live there now. So I think we need to be very careful about how we work with taxes in that area as it continues to expand. But I think the Hargett property is can do for the west side of Frederick, what Carroll Creek Linear Park has done for downtown
0: and so another topic that comes up is that of bulk trash (laughs) and we used to have bulk trash in Frederick City and then that went away but what what are your thoughts on bulk trash because some have talked about wanting to bring it back others have talked about the issues with bringing it back Uh, uh, but what, what do you see
1: So for those who have moved here within the last five years, I would think they haven't even seen bulk trash. They don't even know what that is. Bulk trash pickup was uh, two days a year when the city of Frederick trash department actually came by everybody's house and picked up whatever you put out. So you could get rid of old chairs and old TVs and uh, all kinds of, of things, which comes in, um, it's really important for those who don't have a truck, for those who don't have other types of, of um, ways to get heavier and bigger items to someplace else. We've re- replaced that with something called FreeCycle Roundup. And I think FreeCycle Roundup is great, but I think that we can add to FreeCycle Roundup. So with FreeCycle Roundup, what we do is, is twice a year, we have a place within the city that people can take their bulk trash items, drop them off, and they will either be um, recycled to a, a local nonprofit, or um, if they are trash, they'll be thrown away. The very I think it was the second Free Cycle Roundup that I was involved in. I helped set a group of people who actually took trucks, and we went out, and I was one of the people who did it, and we picked things up from people's homes and we took them to those sites. That allowed the recycling part to happen and the trash part to happen. I think there's a way to do this with the uh, employees that we have in place and, and with the trucks that we have in place to actually expand that program so that twice a year we're going out and doing... I hesitate to call it bulk trash because you know, in everybody's mind, that means everything just gets pitched into the landfill, and we don't want to do that. But twice a year, or or a minimum of once a year, I'd like to see us going out to people's homes and picking up items um, and separating them out. This is good to use, so it can be recycled. This is not good to use, so it goes to the landfill.
0: We have about. Two minutes left, and I wanna <laughs> oh I I wanna ask uh, because you one of your your functions uh, as Alderwoman in in Frederick City is to serve as the liaison between the historic preservation commission and uh, and the board of aldermen, and so historic preservation. Uh, I'd like to get your your thoughts on that, but. It, but put it in a way because I think right now there's also the issue of the downtown hotel and conference center, the tannery, which is a hot button issue right now. And so what, how would you balance between our growth? You talked about smart growth in the city. How would you balance between our growth and preserving Frederick's history?
1: Frederick has received many, many awards of the last 10 years. Um, Most Livable City Awards, Most Beautiful City Awards, hip, Hippest Place, uh, you know, so many different awards. We've received those awards because our downtown is like no other. And our downtown is like no other because we have an appointed group of commissioners who protect the historic fabric of our downtown. I am not going to pretend to make decisions that they are in charge of making. I will tell you that I trust our HPC and I will back their decisions the whole way down the line. There is some concern about how the HPC moves forward to protect different sites. But I can tell you that if you take a pair of scissors and cut a little hole out of a shirt, And then you cut a little hole out of another part of the shirt. And then you cut a little hole out of another part of the shirt. The fact is, in the end, the shirt will be unwearable. And that's exactly what's going to happen to downtown if we start taking little pieces out of our historic fabric. So in my mind, the Historic Preservation Commission does a fantastic job i support them i will continue to support them and whatever decision they make having to do with the site for the downtown hotel and conference center is a decision that i will support all
0: right well uh alderwoman donna Kuzemchek, thank you so much for taking time to do the podcast today and I uh, also want to let everyone know that if you'd like more information on the Frederick County Democratic Party, you can go to our website, which is frederickdemocrats.org. And once again, thanks, Donna Zemchak for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And the music for this podcast was created by David Fitzwater. Uh, and until next time, have a good one, Frederick.